Guardian Unlimited. Exploring Australia podcasts are brought to you in association with Oztravel. Go to oztravel.com. That's austravel.com for more information on this and other Australian destinations. You may not have considered Adelaide as part of your holiday down under, defaulting to Sydney, Melbourne or the reef and rainforests of Queensland. But consider this. Adelaide is the gateway to South Australia, a state nearly the size of Germany but with only 1.5 million people filling it. A place of deserts and salt lakes, winelands and pasture, mountains and coastline running 5,000 kilometres. And here's this state capital of only 1.2 million people on the edge of this wilderness and it's all terribly charming and gracious and polite. In fact, it's all terribly English. It's Cambridge with better weather. It's Brighton with better food. It's Nottingham with better looking girls. Perhaps some of that Englishness can be accounted for here. I'm in the Migration Museum, which is in the historic quarter at the back of North Terrace. Before me is the original map drawn up by the city surveyor, Colonel William Light. And around me are exhibitions of what what life was like for the people who made the 13,000-mile sea voyage from Britain to the Great Southlands. And I suppose here's the point of difference. Unlike the other colonies within Australia, South Australia was free settled. In other words, the people who came were not convicts. There were military officers, tradesmen, land buyers and labourers who were seeking opportunity. A greater portion of them were English, in the same way a greater portion of convict labour seeded into the east hailed from Scotland and Ireland. Adelaide, named for King William's consort, the king of the time, was founded on some pretty lofty ideals. The founding fathers wanted to attract idealistic settlers who were hard-working, and uh, many of them came from the Methodist and Lutheran persuasions, people who were fleeing religious persecution at home. Many of them came from England to start with, and later from Germany. And to this end, Adelaide had to promote a freedom of worship uh, in order for those people to come here and uh, make new lives. And soon the city had a remarkable collection of churches uh, dotted throughout the city, the city area, uh, including the first mosque in the Southern Hemisphere. I'm here on Montefiore Hill. It's a beautiful morning, and I'm with journalist and resident Lainey Barnes. Lainey, what is it we're actually looking down upon? We're looking out um, at the Adelaide, or central Adelaide, and in particular in the foreground we've got Adelaide Oval, which is um, reputed to be one of the most beautiful ovals in the world. Uh, people come from all around the world to step on the hallowed turf. We even have students who come here to pick up the um, fine importance of the game now at um, an academy that's uh, just starting up here. And I believe that the um, Bodyline series was played here. Yes, Donald Bradman uh, was one of um, our most famous and favoured sons. He played out most of his career from Adelaide, indeed, took part in the Bodyline series, finished up with a batting average in the, in the 90s, which is quite phenomenal, and uh, there's an exhibition dedicated to him at the State Library, which is free and, and a fantastic visit for anyone who loves the game. Now, um, just on the other side of the oval, I can see um, quite a uh, pronounced white building. What's that? 
That's the um, Adelaide Festival Centre. Adelaideans love the idea that uh, South Australia is the festival state, pride ourselves on our um, range of festivals throughout the year and in particular the Adelaide Festival, which, which is held biennially. The Adelaide Festival Centre hails back to the 1960s. Our Premier Don Dunstan at the time just managed to pip the Sydney Opera House and opened our festival centre first and caused quite a bit of consternation in the eastern states, which we always love. Don Dunstan was famed for many things, homosexual and Aboriginal rights. He also wrote his own cookbook while he was in Parliament and was known to uh, rock up in Parliament in very skimpy shorts, which I wish I was around to see it, and um, even turned up at the opening of the festival centre in a uh, Polonex suit. Mm-hmm. Very, oh, nice. very nice indeed. We can't see it because of the trees, but what can you tell me about the National Wine Centre? Well, South Australia accounts for about 70% of Australia's wine exports, so when the National Wine Centre was mooted, it was only fitting that South Australia was the um, the spot that was chosen. It's now home to um, one of the few vineyards in a central business district anywhere in the world, and um, you can do your own virtual tasting, you can taste lots of wines from all around Australia, and um, just get a real feel for any wine region before you head out. And with about 200 wineries within about an hour of Adelaide, it's a great place to go before you head out into the regions. Perhaps the thing that's most overwhelming from where we stand is beautiful parkland, um, including a river that's running through it. The parklands were the idea of Colonel William Light, who drew up the city in, the, uh, in 1836 and 1837. Colonel William Light liked the idea of having parklands ringing the city centre. That's something like 700 hectares. Some people like to think that he just liked the idea of a lovely, clean, green sort of space for the citizens. Others think that he liked the idea of no cannons actually being able to be fired into the central business area. But whatever the reason in the first place, I think it really gives a great feel to the city now. Residents, I think, there's a, there's a lovely sort of country feel to Adelaide and I think the parklands are a lot to do with it. Adelaide is often called the 20-minute city. It takes 20 minutes to drive from the centre of the city up into the Adelaide Hills, cool climate, wine-producing region where it's just idyllic to sit back, open a bottle and indulge, especially in somewhere like Bridgewater Mill or the organic market in Stirling. It's also 20 minutes to take the tram from Victoria Square down to Glenelg. The waters of the Spencer Gulf are what you can hear lapping on the mostly whitish sands which of course run for miles in either direction strange thing is it's a city beach that's literally 20 minutes away but moreover one that's not full to bursting with people you have plenty of space in which to lay your towel and how's this for a slice of victoriana I'm sitting on North Terrace, which is often described as Adelaide's cultural boulevard. It runs from east to west for about two or three kilometres. And starting from one end, we have the Royal Adelaide Zoo, the Royal Adelaide Botanic Garden, the University of Adelaide, the Art Gallery of South Australia, the South Australian Museum, the State Library, the War Memorial, the Parade Ground, the State Parliament Building. They're all lined up next to each other, cheek by jowl. All I can see are a phalanx of brownstone buildings, arched windows, gables, porticos, Grecian urns, turrets. It's all tres civil, and uh, people are 
gently walking along this huge terrace. Some of them are just taking lunch in the sun in some of the gardens that are quite ornate in front of these, these large edifices. Other people are here to visit, for instance, the collection of 19th century Australian art regarded as one of uh, the world's finest. The collection of um, Aboriginal artefacts, the world's biggest collection, which is housed in South Australian Museum. It really is quite a stunning piece of urban thoroughfare. I'm in the beachside suburb of Glenelg with uh, Daniel Boland, who grew up here. Dan, what does, um, what does Glenelg mean for you? Glenelg, for me, is the beach and a Mediterranean lifestyle and being able to soak up, I suppose, long summer days and uh, enjoying uh, eating out with friends and socialising. There looks like a really lively um, restaurant and bar scene, so I'm, I'm assuming there's a, f- a, few, a few beers in the mix there? There's just a couple, but the, I mean, I enjoy going down on, you know, after work on a, a summer's day, daylight saving, sun through till eight thirty nine o'clock, having some prawns or oysters or enjoying some of our nice, nice restaurants, a couple of whites, maybe a local Cooper's beer or something like that. Excellent. And um, you're only 20 minutes away from the city as well. So this very, this really is very much a, a, a city beach. Oh, most definitely. Uh, you can, for, for me, I travel by car to, to work, but, you know, there's a, a historic tram uh, that goes from city to Glenelg, and there's, I mean, great ways to be able to get down there, but you're right, only 20 minutes, so very city. Glenelg started in 1836, so um, I'm presuming it's gone through a few incarnations. What, what, what can you tell me about the most recent developments here? couple of changes which are good just for again giving I suppose reasons for people to come down whether it's locals or tourists there's a, a new seaside amusement with merry-go-rounds and you know things for the kids water slides and all that sort of stuff so that's a, that's a bit of fun for, for the adults then there's the marina where there's you know oyster bar which is uh, one one restaurant there's a couple of bars down there as well so you can get a, a you know a nice summery icy type uh, cocktail so there's a bit there for all. Uh, that's uh, quite a wealthy-looking development. There's some very expensive-looking um, boats there. Yeah, a bit of money moored out in that uh, sort of marina, so it's a nice little backdrop to sit back and, uh, as I say, enjoy some of the fine food and nice uh, South Australian white wines on a hot summer's day. Um, a question that Brits always like to ask, sharks. Are there any out there? Yeah, there'd be a couple, but normally uh, far out in the in the deeper waters, they're patrolled by you know lifeguards and coast guards, and you know there's there's great you know warning sirens and all sorts. So yeah, don't worry about those. <laughs> Bit of action on the beach when they're seen. I suppose the uh, any fins that you see out in the water more likely to be attached to dolphins. Yeah, many many dolphins are certainly out there in the Gulf, uh, and you know there's uh, a great opportunity. So, good added bonus I suppose of being on the beach and you see a dolphin uh, swimming swimming out there so yeah very nice. Adelaide really is the ideal city for walking thanks to Colonel Light's visionary grid light layout it's all rather Manhattan-ish which means it's quite difficult to get lost but it also means that you uh, find yourself in streets with their own uh, speciality or flavour. Uh, there's Hut Street, which is famous as the uh, breakfast area at its sunny pavement tables. There's Rundle Mall, which is shopping. Uh, Rundle Street, which is for night owls. Uh, that's the place of art house cinema, quirky fashion shops, late night opening, terrific restaurants uh, on the pavements, and uh, the very excellent Austral Pub. We've got Greek-style marinated prawns which is made with olive oil, garlic, lemon juice, chilli, oregano, salt, pepper, 
And we also got uh, calamari, squid spirals, which we've marinated the same, but a little bit of chilli in it. Beautiful. And we've got swordfish marinated as well, the same way, Greek style. And octopus, whole octopus tentacles marinated, ready to go home and cook. Excellent. And where's the seafood from? Seafood? Well, well, it varies from South Australia, Queensland, overseas as well, some of it. The prawns are from Vietnam. You're right. Yeah. I'm here in Guja Street. Uh, and this is the ultimate in eat streets. Uh, Guja Street is rather like a, a rack of lonely planet guides. Such are the nationalities that are lined up on either side. There's Argentinian, there's Korean, there's Greek, there's Thai, there's Italian. You name it, it's here. It's also home to one of Adelaide's busiest attractions, and that's the famous Central Markets. I'm with Amanda Blair, who's a broadcaster with 5AA and also a columnist. Amanda, you've been coming to Central Markets for quite a while now. I have indeed. I, um, I moved over here nine years ago, Ron, and, um, and I didn't know anything at all about Adelaide, but I know that I've got a fantastic nose and I sniffed out the food and I ended up at Central Market, which is the number one tourist attraction in Adelaide and it's not hard to see why. It's quite a remarkable place. It's very old, it's got a lot of history and you can get every type of food available in, uh, in the world pretty much here in the Central Market. And I hear the food over here is particularly good, a little better than the uh, old country. Oh, look, the food's sensational. I've put on two and a half stone since I've lived in Adelaide, and uh, it's not hard to see why. It's got, there's this, this remarkable food culture here. You've got a lot of sensational chefs, and I think it's got something to do with our winemakers because winemakers generally are very hedonistic people who are into the senses and are into the, the taste and the smell and the touch. And So you've got a lot of that sort of carried through, and wine and food goes beautifully together. So you've, you've just got this amazing food culture that, that really does support a hell of a lot of industry. And I believe Adelaide host Chong Lu. Tell me about him. Chong Lu is a really interesting Australian chef, probably uh, the, one of our greatest Australian chefs. He's won the American Express Hat Award, I think, about seven times or something. He's a, he comes from a, a Malaysian-Chinese background. His father was an opera singer in Beijing. He's got a really interesting personal history. And he was working uh, in the kitchen of a Greek restaurant. So work that out, a Malay-Chinese working as a kitchen hand in a, in a Greek restaurant. And one day the chef didn't turn up and Chong just said... I'll give it a go and just started cooking and from the, he just had that skill he's not a trained chef at all he just started in the kitchen and has just gone on and on and on he's into Asian fusion food so when you go to his restaurant which is called The Grange which is part of the Hilton Hotel it's bizarre because you read the menu and it's got like you know oxtails livers chicken's feet you know mixed with a combination of you know bok choy and seaweed and served over a charcoal bed of lentils and you go, how the hell is that going to work? And it does. And it's the most remarkable flavours. It's just, it's quite incredible. And there's one man, and this, this is what I love about Chong, his food's so good that there's one man who has gone to the Grange restaurant every single night by himself for seven years. And he eats at Chong Lu's restaurant every night. Wow, which is why he's known as the father of modern Australian cuisine, I believe. That blend of Asian, uh, English, Greek... All the migrant cultures pulling all those tastes together, is that right? I think so. I think, though, the average Australian would think that the Australian culture is a meat pie and sauce. If the Now, well, tell me about the pie floater. 
Well, I've never had a pie floater. I, again, in nine years, I've never quite built up to having a pie floater. Probably I've never been pissed enough to have a pie floater. I think it's something that that one has when one's had a lot of alcohol on board. And uh, there's a pie cart in Adelaide just near the casino, and you can go up and, and order a meat pie, which, and it's just is your normal average meat pie, but it's served on a bed of mushy peas, which I think is a real English dish. Absolutely. So it sort of floats in this... Pea gunk, which is hideous, but people say it's very nice. There we go, we might leave it with them. Thanks a lot, Amanda. I often wonder to what extent those first settlers, especially the English, whether or not they liked it here. I hope they did, but I do wonder if they loved it for the same reason that I do that it's also very un English here. For a start, there's the very un English weather. Adelaide enjoys a Mediterranean climate, which means cool, dry winters and hot summers. Uh, There's none of Sydney's crushing humidity and less of Melbourne's rain. In summer, Adelaide's spires gleam, the uh, river torrents glitters, and there's uh, flowering jacarandas that lend a purple haze. There's also a great arc of hills, which are seen from most parts of the city, and they gradually turn from lush green to olive to a harsh but strangely evocative Australian brown. I think unlike English cities and indeed other Australian cities, there's almost also a tremendous sense of space here. The roads are wide, the pavements are likewise, people and traffic move sedately. And that's all down to this man Light, whose work I can see in this beautifully coloured and drawn map here in the Migration Museum. Exploring Australia podcasts are brought to you in association with Oztravel. Go to oztravel.com. That's austravel.com for more information on this and other Australian destinations. Guardian Unlimited.